welcome to the Lazy Overachiever Show. I am your host, Nikita Renthikpen. Thrilled to have you for so many reasons, but the first and most important is because of this beautiful, magical human who I really think is my spiritual sister. If you have been following any of our other podcasts or even this show, The Lazy Overachiever, you know I don't say that with any kind of easiness at all. There's a lot of well-off, good, potent humans, but not everybody is my spiritual twin. And I really think she is. I want you to welcome with me Dr. Taryn McCarthy. She is an amazing human who is literally helping dentists and medical professionals across the globe to have a business of happiness. How about that? When's the last time that you went to your dentist or your doctor's office and you felt like their energy was so centered because they were a whole person, that they weren't just so focused on a seven minute itinerary to go through a checklist of you, but they were really actively listening and fully present because they are dealing with all of their personal stuff as they should, as we all should, with someone who is an expert in it who can really help them look at their whole life. When was the last time? I can tell you it's been a long time and it was a hard search for us to find someone for our primary care doctor and for our dentist to make sure that they were real humans and not robots. Dr. Taryn McCarthy, welcome to the TLO. How are you today? Wow, that was so beautiful. I am so well, and I'm so excited to be in this place with you today. Thank you for having me. I am so grateful that you're here. You know, we were talking in the green room about how much I've been waiting to have you on this show since I met you just a few beats back. It's only been a couple of moons since we met. And the second that we had a one-on-one conversation, I think one of the first things that I said out of my mouth, besides thank you, for us engaging with each other was I really feel like you're my spiritual twin because of some of the stuff that you were talking about on the panel that you had just finished speaking on that day when we met. And what I remembered mostly was that your energy was, I don't even want to say calm. You were centered. Mm. You were very centered. You were very powerful. You were very in the know of who you are because you have already been through a lot. And I would love for you just to share a little bit of who Dr. Taryn is and how you got to this space of being centered. Oh, so good. You know, I just have to touch on something you just said was centered and powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a key component of calm is that we forget that that's where our power lies. It's so funny how I know you and I both have this experience in our lives where we've been taught the opposite, Mm -hmm. that power is push, Yes, power is force, power is overdoing, push through, overachieving, forcing, and there's actually this beautiful, magical power in centeredness and calm Yeah, that's so much more powerful than the other. On so many levels. It's so interesting that you said that. I had a dream a couple of nights ago. I was literally, no joke, I was thinking about our conversation that we were having right now, like pre-thinking about it. And in my dream, I literally kept seeing, because I see a lot of colors when I sleep. 
And I saw colors that were more deeper red, deeper like emerald green um, that were representing the semantic definition of push, like the hard push that you're, you're talking about. And then I saw lighter like oranges and pinks and lighter purples. And there were some greens and, and reds in there too, but they were um, just softer. Mm -hmm. That was pull. And I kept hearing, there's no need to push. We want to pull. Yeah. And I'm also one of those people that when I'm in my dream state, I often, because I'm a rebellious person by nature, I literally will have almost like a disassociative outer body seeing myself in my dream. Mm -hmm. And I will try to change the dream. And sometimes I can, like I can almost be a narrator of the dream. And I kept saying, oh, no, no, no. The push is not bad because I, as you know, Dr. Taryn, I will make up a definition in a minute. And I changed the definition of push to be an acronym for positive use of skills for healing. Ooh. So it's a softer definition than the semantic Webster's Oxford mm -hmm. definition. But the Oxford definition was what the dream was talking about. And it was... <laughs> In my dream, I heard another voice, which was whatever voice saying, listen, today is for listening. And I literally posted on threads or wherever I was like, today is for listening because of the dream. So the irony and guys, I promise you, we did not have this conversation in the green room. We did not allude to this part of the conversation at all. And I did not share my dream with Dr. Taryn. It was literally about exactly what you just said. Mm. We don't have to push. We don't have to be hard in that. Yeah. It's so and it, beautiful. it makes so much sense that we feel like we need to, yeah. right? Because that's how we were raised. Mm -hmm. That's how society told us to be, especially those of us who care deeply and are very passionate about putting something out into the world. Yeah. We're told that that's how you run a business. Mm -hmm. We're told that that's how you treat patients. That's mm -hmm. how you get patients into your chair. That's how you serve is by overdoing all the time. And, you know, it's no wonder that in the medical and dental professions, burnout and overwhelm is at an all-time high, but it's been a part of our culture forever yeah. of just over giving, overdoing. And it comes from a place of love. You know, I think from so many of us, especially women who are passionate about nurturing, healing, serving. That's right. We serve and serve and serve and serve to a place of depletion. Mm -hmm. And many of us grew up with that being a badge of honor. Our mothers did that. Our grandmothers did that. And we loved them for it. And we admired them for it. And they wore it like a badge of honor because that was an indication of how much they cared how much they loved. But we're learning a new way. We're learning a new way that makes so much sense from an intellectual capacity. You know, we know that when you're in a place of fight or flight, when you're in a place of stress, which is the same thing, mm -hmm. you can't access those beautiful executive functions. Right. It's literally cut off. Your body's doing what it should. It's keeping you Alive as you're running away from the tiger, that perception that you're running away from danger yeah. is narrowing your scope and the ability of your, your, your ability to access those higher conscious parts of your brain. And so you're not able to do the powerful things that you need to access in order to better serve. So, you know, that was who I found myself being. Yeah many years ago was just completely depleted mm. 
so exhausted being everyone, everything to everyone all the time, serving my patients, serving my team, serving my children, serving my husband, serving my community, mm-hmm. and never accessing calm myself. I was on decades-long train of stress. Yeah. And it really was super uncomfortable for me to slow down. And I remember that feeling so much pressure when I'd see memes that said, you know, self-care and take care mm-hmm. of yourself. That felt like a threat almost mm-hmm. because sitting in a bathtub with bubbles was the most uncomfortable thing in the world. My body didn't know how to calm down. And that makes so much sense too, because if your mm-hmm. nervous system thinks you're running away from a tiger, you are not going to feel comfortable lying in a bathtub. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are not going to be comfortable lying in a bathtub, but accessing, being able to cultivate the practice of calm is what gives us back our power and allows us to access those beautiful components of ourselves that we actually love about ourselves, that part of us that is compassionate, that part of us that sees one another from a place of love, that part of us that honors and owns our worth, our sense of worth, which is so important when we're trying to take care of someone else. Yeah. You, you made a couple of good points, including one that you just reminded me of when you were talking on the panel about being safe enough to slow down. And that was such a really beautiful way to frame what I think a lot of humans, women included, specifically women, but lots of potent humans have had that experience and haven't given words to it when they're like, oh, you know, I'm too busy building to balance. You know, I've heard that comment a million times, especially as a balance and relationship advisor, like, oh, Nikita, no one has time for balance because I'm too busy building and creating legacy and all the things when we want them to live, to enjoy this beautiful life that they're creating for those very people, like you said, your husband, your children, your godchildren, your community. If your baby is your business, you want to be able to actually be energetically centered and fulfilled in a way that you can focus on it. Hmm. You made another point, not just the safety, but a lot of the things that we shame ourselves for when we are in that high cortisol, high adrenaline, high epinephrine state, where our body is very focused on escape, very focused on safety, which is outside of the box of this slowing down, this pejorative bubble bath and yoga poses and all of the things, when our bodies will do things like give us blurry vision and Mm -hmm. we can't see and we can't focus and then we shame ourselves because we're trying to figure out like, well, why can't I be, you know, a, a boss bee today? Why can't I be yeah. in hustle and grind, which I'm absolutely anti because I know what it can do for your body. And I know you feel the same, but the culture around us is saying, go, go, go sleep when you're dead. Don't slow down, yep. you know, move, move. Instead of we get the whole common phrase around keep moving forward because I believe that too but from a resiliency space not from an actual physical go 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 and you were talking about all of those things when you were both on the panel and in our private tea conversations about this need to be in do go boss mode 
which is the opposite of what can really benefit your business when you're an entrepreneur, a founder, or even a corporate, you know, mogul. Yes. It's so funny that we are so afraid Mm -hmm. of putting down the hustle, putting down the force because And it makes sense because we don't have any evidence of it. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. I thought if I slowed down, everything's going to fall apart. Because the only lived experience I had was running Mm -hmm. as fast as I possibly could. And was I finding success? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was. I was building. Things were Mm -hmm. happening. I was a doctor. I had achieved my quote unquote dreams. Mm -hmm. And I was miserable. Mm. I was so unhappy and that shame part you just spoke about I think is I wish more people would talk about this because there is such deep shame when you look in the mirror and you think oh my gosh I've achieved so much who am I to complain and what is wrong with me that I can't find happiness in this abundance so in this accomplishment and that shame for me was crippling and I, I, I love when you talk about the fear that becomes our shackles yeah. of just the fear of slowing down. Mm-hmm. We don't recognize that when we have the courage to do so, that's when we step into our greater power. It's like there's so much more on the other side. You know, so much it's more. so beautiful on the other side things don't fall apart. They actually blossom in such a gorgeous way. But there is that very important practice that needs to happen of creating safety in slowing down, creating safety to teach your body a different way that it's okay. Because when you're afraid of something, when there is that intense fear, your autonomic nervous system goes back to fight and flight. So, so there you go. So the bubble bath's not going to help. If you're lying in the bubble bath and it feels wildly uncomfortable, it's not actually doing the job that you're intending it to do. You know, I remember I recognized the importance of learning to slow down at one point and I started scheduling it in and I'll never forget. I scheduled on a Tuesday I remember it as clear as day. It was a Tuesday. I thought I'm going to stop seeing patients at 4.30. I knew I didn't have to be home till 6.30. I blocked out two solid hours and I nice. dedicated, I'm not going to run errands. I'm not mm-hmm. going to swing by the, the pharmacy to quickly pick something up. I'm not mm-hmm. going to buy the teacher gifts. You know, all the things we try to squeeze in in those mm-hmm. few moments. And I went into, and I sat in my car because I made sure I left the office and I burst into tears. Yeah. Because I couldn't, oh, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I couldn't imagine what to do for two hours that Mm. didn't, wasn't attached to accomplishment and production and service of others. For me, that, and I, and I think I'm getting emotional because I remember that woman who was so afraid to slow down. That fear was crippling it was overwhelming of trying to imagine what it would be like to not be everything to everyone every second of the day. And those two hours seemed so threatening. Yeah. And so if anyone's listening to this and dreaming of calm and ease 
and recognizing that, yeah, there's so much power in that. And it's this beautiful, divine, feminine power that we have access to that I celebrate every day. Mm -hmm. But if that feels so threatening, know that you're not alone. Right. Because that's not something that we've been taught in medical or dental school or business school or coaching or therapy. You know, we're not taught these techniques of accessing that divine feminine presence and calm that you speak so beautifully of. Mm, no, you listen, we could book in right there. We're not done, but we could because you might drop all, all over this space in so many ways. When you were speaking and I was, cause you know, from our private conversations, I'm very visual. I literally mm. saw you in the car mm. and I could feel the pain and the energy literally emanating off of you in that moment. And the first question that kind of came up for me is what did you do? Mm. What did you do to find your safety? Whether it was that moment or the moments after that you would build to, how did you, Dr. Taryn, create that safety for yourself? The first thing I did, and now I love this practice, I cried. Mm -hmm. I cried mm -hmm. and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried some more. Like yes. I'm talking snot pouring down my face, yes, right. ugly, hiccuping, choking mm -hmm. tears. Yes. And I didn't judge them. Right. And I just cried and I kept crying. And I think in the moment I didn't realize what I was doing. Now mm -hmm. I know. Right. But in the moment, I just felt like I didn't know what to do or where to go. And I just was crying. And you know, what's so beautiful is I was crying for so many reasons. I cried for myself, yeah. for all the pain that I put myself through. I yeah. cried for the people in my world who were suffering because of my suffering, mm -hmm. which by the way, is another lesson that I've learned looking back all those times I thought I was martyring myself and tearing myself down in service of others, I had no idea how much harm I was causing. Come on. And then I cried because I realized I also had the power of self-forgiveness. Yes. And yes. that felt so enormous to me that it was almost those tears went from sadness to so much gratitude and yeah. this almost um, connection with a greater truth. Yeah. And that is that nothing matters. Hmm. None of this matters. Come All, on. Every, every little thing around me could disappear. And by the way, will disappear. Mm -hmm. Because none of us are getting out of here alive. It's, it's, not, it's the truth. None of us that are getting part. out of here alive. So mm -hmm. nothing matters. And every moment matters all at once. Yes. Yes. And in that discovery, I realized the safety. Because yes. if nothing matters and everything matters, then there's so much safety in every moment. And I think that that's another, whew, I got, I got, I got tears happening here. <laughs> this, this is real, people. This, this is, is real. real. <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm trying to sit in my seat and not throw my slipper. Like, it's very real. <laughs> the bunny slipper is coming off. You don't even understand. I'm trying to sit still. Yes. <laughs> You know, I think we create so much urgency. Yeah. And that makes sense too. You know, when you're running from the tiger, it's got to be something you got to get, go fast. So you That's create right. urgency. But urgency is a complete lie. Mm -hmm. There is, and I'm speaking as a doctor here, 
there is almost never a moment. And, and my husband is an oral surgeon who puts people to sleep to do surgery. So he's dealing with people who, as he put, so delicately put, puts, um, decide to stop breathing in the chair, like on a daily basis. Like he's got real emergency type situations happening. Right. Even in those moments mm-hmm. where somebody else's life is in your hands, mm-hmm. I argue there is not an urgency. Mm-hmm. that can prevent you from accessing your calm. In fact, it's a requirement in those yes. in those moments. Those moments that feel so urgent that you feel like you can't stop and think mm-hmm. are the moments that are asking you most to calm, to yeah. calm your body so that you can access those parts of you that know better what to do. And, you know, you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to touch touch on, and that is when that fear and that urgency and that stress robs you of your compassion, they also rob you of creative problem solving. Yes. They rob you of your intelligence. Another component that added to my shame, you know, when you've studied you and I are sisters in this part too. We love learning. It's yes. like high value on learning, mm-hmm. high value on certifications and accomplishments and degrees. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Which means, and many of your listeners too, I mean, we know a lot. We've yes. learned a lot. But there comes a moment, if you're under that much stress, where you can't access any of it. And that feels shameful too, you know. Right oh my gosh, I don't know what to do in this moment. This idea of blank brain, mm-hmm. you know, we just can't access it. And it's not got anything to do with early onset dementia or, you know, all the things we start fearing. Right. It's just the overwhelm and stress is your body doing exactly what it wants, what it needs you to do, which is block out all that other stuff and survive. That's right. Survive in this moment. And that's the sense of urgency, right? Like, I just need to survive. I just need to put one foot in front of the other. I remember myself saying those words. She feels so far away now, but those words left my mouth where I'd get up in the morning and I'd say, I just need to put one foot in front of the other today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just got to survive this day. I just got to survive this patient. I've just got to survive this tantrum my kid is throwing. And that to me is not a way to live, right? not a way to thrive, not a way to honor these beautiful moments that we're gifted in this lifetime. You said everything so beautiful. And what was coming to me when you were talking were the tangible pieces of what was happening for you, in addition to what some people will hear as the woo, right? Mm-hmm. The woo of... Uh, affirmation and mm-hmm. speak into yourself, speak life over yourself. Come on, Dr. Taryn, get up one foot over the other, like things mm-hmm. that most of us listening to this have heard, you know, the powers in your tongue, speak life into yeah. things, all of it. But there was a lot of tangible things that were also ha- happening to you when you were in that car and the moments following down to your crying, right? Like that the polyvagal theory for those yes. that are familiar with the vagal nerve and what can happen when you use your voice and how things add up and meet together. It's completely beautiful. And it physically helps to recalibrate your brain when you cry, when you gulp, 
when you swallow, when you scream, talk about mm-hmm. the snot ball crying. I said, oh, yes, honey. That's why I started snapping my fingers because I'm like that your body, even though your mind had kind of shut down, what, what do I do? I have no idea what to do. Your body told you this is what you need. You need yeah. to release right now and you don't need to do anything else. You don't need to think of thoughts. You don't need to call anyone. You don't need to vent to anyone or just say, hey, girl, I need to, you know, fuss and and shout. Your body said, no, right now you need to use your voice, use this power and release, let it out, which was beautiful. Yeah. And it's amazing how much our bodies can serve us. Yeah. We forget about that. In fact, we forget about our bodies altogether. That's we a for- whole nother. It's a whole nother show. <laughs> but you just spoke such beautiful truth that, yes, when you need to cry, crying is the best thing, best thing for you for all those reasons. And it is a nervous system regulation technique. Thank it you. is how we go from stress state to calm state. Yes. And there's so many other beautiful ways, but crying is one of the most phenomenal. I do it almost on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a good cry. But like you said, a good scream, mm-hmm. that does it too. Yes, I it love does. a good scream. We're so afraid to feel our feelings. We're afraid to feel sad. We're afraid to feel anger. But processing those emotions are critical to finding calm. Yeah. And you have to be able to at least allow yourself or give yourself permission to do it, which to your point earlier, can be scary to do when you don't have um, proof that it works. And I think part of the proof is people like us who are knowledgeable and certified and all the things Mm. saying, not only can we point to the evidence-based information of why this works, but we've been through it. And yes. more of us need to be vulnerable and share why I use the term lazy to kind of in- encapsulate this to honor your need for rest and relaxation and recalibration and recharge. You have to honor that so you can continue to be dope. You can continue to be amazing. It's not going to make you less amazing because you took a two hour pause and said, let me slow down from the doing so I can be in my body and be who I am and kind of recalibrate, it actually made you more powerful. Look at what it did for your life. You went from being a dentist serving a population in one way to now serving the servers in a whole more powerful way, which exponentially expanded your ripple effect. Beautiful. And and I love that you use the word lazy. Mm-hmm. That's so brilliant, Nikita, because we have such judgment mm-hmm. around that word. And where the judgment comes from is, I don't know, society, our parents, stories, our communities, our professions, our education. Right. But that word lazy has such a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about screaming, for example, anger. The word anger has such a bad rap too. It's just a human emotion. It's just Mm -hmm. another one of the many. There are so many and it's just another one of them. But creating safety around it is so critical. Creating safety around the word lazy, creating safety around the word anger. Mm -hmm. And it makes so much sense that we get activated when we hear those words. Because as you mentioned, so many of us have evidence that those words were not safe, you know. 
I personally, I grew up in a household where anger meant you had to be scared for your life. Yeah. You were someone much bigger than me when I was little, very powerful. When he got angry, mm-hmm. it meant someone was getting hurt. Right. So understanding that, oh, it makes so much sense that my body is activated when I'm feeling anger makes so much sense that I was repressing that very human emotion because for me, it didn't feel safe. But what beautiful awareness when we have that awareness. Oh, isn't that so interesting? Now I've identified that I don't feel safe around feeling a normal human emotion. And when we have that curiosity, Mm -hmm. it pulls us out of the fear. It pulls us up. And the same thing with laziness same thing. When we hear that word and we think, ooh, that feels uncomfortable. That doesn't feel like success or like achievement or ability to serve or living a big life. Mm -hmm. But how interesting if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, ooh, lazy feels uncomfortable. Well, let's get curious about it. What part feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have an experience in your life with someone who was quote unquote lazy, judged that way. And maybe their life didn't turn out the way you would hope yours would. Mm -hmm. And isn't that interesting that you feel that way? Because really that has nothing to do with you. Right. That story is theirs. That story is their life, their journey. But what would it look like to introduce some calm in your life. And I love that idea of visualizing how would you show up differently in your world if you came from a place of, and I'm returning to what we said at the head of the show, calm-centered power, a centered power. How would you show up differently for your children, Mm -hmm. for your clients, for your loved ones, if you could come to... Christmas dinner from a place of calm centeredness and a power that is your birthright, that is who you are at your core and not these other stories that were Mm -hmm. just attached to you over time. Yeah. Your brilliance would literally be unbound and your work rest style would be calibrated in a way that isn't necessarily Nikita's, isn't necessarily Dr. Taryn's but is literally for you to be in your best position on your seat of power. And when you can do that, when you can own that, you, you aren't just unstoppable, you're unconquerable because the mm-hmm. only threat to you typically is yourself. When you think about really keeping yourself from being able to be magnificent, we're our biggest threat. If we're honest, right? Like Always. If we're, if we're really honest with ourselves, we're the self-sabotage. We're the thing that can be our barrier, not necessarily external. And I'm not taking away from like real external issues and um, paternalistic societies and all the things. I'm not, you know, avoiding that reality. But underneath of that, well, let me not say but, and in parentheses, mm-hmm. underneath of that, the thing that keeps us from being able to collect with other women, to not see each other as not just competition, because I know we all say like collaboration over competition, it's almost become a song that people aren't embodying. 
but to really see another sister, to see another potent human and say, oh my God, your brilliance is magnificent. Mm -hmm. How can I support you in that? How can I add to that? And I already know in me adding, you'll add to me. There's not even a question. I don't even have to ask it. How I just got goosebumps all over my body. How wonderful would that lift all of us up to not see each other as a threat because we're scraping in this scarcity mindset over little driblets when there's an infinite amount of abundance here for all of us. And I don't I mean, just mean money. I mean, how would that change the world right. <laughs> I mean, on a global sense? Right. If we could teach this to our children, boys and girls and yes. in between, if none of us felt threatened by one another, right. but could tap into that self-empowerment. Yeah. Whew. Amazing. Just Amazing. Beautiful. And, you know, I do want Ooh. to touch on one interesting point, mm -hmm. and that is that, because I know some people feel very uncomfortable with this idea of slowing down and might yeah. be looking at Nikita and Taryn and saying, oh, you guys have created, you know, great businesses here. Mm -hmm. And please mm -hmm. tell me this wasn't you sitting in a bubble bath all day and suddenly <laughs> you have a beautiful business. There are moments we need to sprint. Right. Right. But the difference is the energetic approach. Mm -hmm. When you're sprinting away, fleeing, fighting, getting away from a threat, that mm -hmm. sprint looks very different from the sprint that is towards, that is empowered with your own sense of empowerment. That That's is great. a worthiness and, a, and, you know, such a beautiful cocktail of motivation and passion and excitement and thrill that looks very different. Yes. That doesn't feel pressured and overwhelming. And still in those moments, we need to take care of ourselves mm -hmm. and put certain things down so that we can do the sprint we need to sprint. But I don't want to, I don't want to candy coat this too much and, and leave an impression that you don't need to do a thing. Just lie on your couch oh, all right. day and, and abundance comes to you. No, there are times you need to sprint. Yeah. But knowing that you can access the calm and knowing how to bring your body back to calm after that beautiful sprint yeah. and then celebrate yourself for it is such a valuable, valuable practice. I love that you said that. And it does add texture to mm -hmm. what the lazy overachiever is all about in honoring your need to rest and, and relax and recalibrate and recharge mm -hmm. just as much as you honor your need to dominate, not instead of. But yeah. really creating, you know, pun intended here, a balance of sort for it so that you can create whatever ripples of impact and imprint that you choose to do or even have space to figure it out. Because to your example earlier, when you're in this high threat state and your executive functioning is narrowed, if not eliminated, you can't really see clearly. And no. the things that do come up are default which typically for most of us, the default is another state of threat. It's that's your survival skills telling you to use this, use this, use this versus giving you a different, more centered and calm pathway. So being able to do that can literally help you. If you're someone listening to the saying, well, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what kind of impact I don't, I'm not like Dr. Taryn. I haven't been in a position where I can say I have this really great career and now I have a way to exponentiate it by helping people at another level. I'm still figuring out 
this original level that I'm in right now. That's okay. But the faster way to get there is to be centered so you can see what's already inside you. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Mm, 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 mm. Oh my God. I could talk to you forever. And I just had like 5,000 other questions that came up in my head. So, you know, we clearly are going to have to do a part two. There's no exception (laughs) to this, right? (laughs) No exception. I would love for you to just take a moment. And if you can share one thing that is intentionally selfish for you, that allows you to create that space to slow down and, and recalibrate and do all the things What's one thing that you would like to share that might potentially muse someone else's toolbox for them to consider adding this as a, a way to slow down and create safety for themselves? Oh, I love that question. The first thing that comes to mind is my morning practice. Mm-hmm. And so my morning practice is mine. It's all mine. It's yeah. so precious. It's all mine. And it's non-negotiable. Amen. I will miss a workout. I will be late for a meeting. Doesn't matter. My, my morning practice is non-negotiable. And what that looks like is finding quiet and space for me. I do it with meditation and journaling and an EFT tapping routine, which is my own nervous system regulation technique. But I think the secret sauce is the intentional making space and time for me that is not served by a cell phone, (laughs) that is not served by anybody else's voice or outside stimulation. I actually do it with an eye mask and noise-canceling headphones on, so I literally block out all the stimulation I possibly can. It happens first thing. It means I get up earlier than anybody else in my house. And it's not from a place of discipline or pressure. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. I've become so keenly aware in my body when I have that experience of pressure and force because I know exactly what it feels like in my body and I know to step away. I'll tell you real quick a story that happened the other morning. My husband and I have been working out together and a couple of mornings ago he said, hey, I found this great new program. Can we do it together? I said, yeah, let's try this new one. This will be fun. Mm -hmm. And he put it on and it was one of those um, hit workouts that have 45 seconds on, 15 seconds off, zero breaks for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Just one back to back. And And I did it and my body was feeling good and excited and the adrenaline was pumping. And I knew I said, whoa. Mm hmm. This is old me getting excited and hyped up and ad- and very easily addicted to this kind of thing. I got to step away from this because I know when my body is getting pushed to that place of overexertion. Yeah. And I think sometimes we trick ourselves. We get to that place and think, oh, that felt so good. You know, like you feel great. I just really spent myself. I'm exhausted. That feels really good. We got the dopamine flowing, the endorphins flowing. But I'm so aware now in my body of the toxicity of that for me. For some people, it works really well. But to start my day that way Mm -hmm. launches me in a space of stress, push, force, overwhelm. So starting my day from an intentional place of calm Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. has changed my life. And I notice the days I miss. If there happens to be a day where I don't, I, I don't, can't really remember one now, but I remember that it felt bad. Yeah. And I thought, oh no, tomorrow morning I'm back on my meditation um, cushion. And the only intention is starting from a place of calm and yeah. connectedness to self. Yeah. It's your tonic. It's, yeah. it's your tonic. It's I your remedy. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That works for that. me. You did get a little extra oxytocin because you were doing it with your forever lover. So that's, that's always <laughs> a, a bonus benefit. I'm just saying. <laughs> there are some other ways to do that too, Nikita. That, that are, part. Yeah. There you go. All day. We'll talk about that nervous system <laughs> right. regulation right? technique that's, another time. You know, that's TLO after dark. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, you are such a gift, Dr. Taryn. Please share with everyone where they can learn more about you, your podcast, and everything that you have coming up in 2024. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you can find me at www.thebizofhappiness.com. And I'd love it if you check out my podcast. It's uniquely for women in medicine and dentistry, and it's called the Business of Happiness podcast. If you're a coach or a therapist, this is a place for you too. And 2024 is going to be amazing. I got big things to do, Nikita. Got big things to do in this world. And I'm really excited to do it from a place of ease and calm. That's always my goal. How can I do this from a place of ease not easy mm-hmm. but ease I love doing complicated exciting yes. puzzling you know detective work I love not easy but only from a place of ease and calm yeah yeah I mean you're a nerd how can you not love oh. all of the the puzzles of life right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. I see you I see you <laughs> Thank Thank you you. so much for having me on this beautiful show. I'm so excited to listen to all these episodes. Thank you. So many good juicy nuggets. I'm honored. And you know, I mean that. I am honored that you carved out space out of a beautiful, easy, flowy week that you are already having. And I say ease, not easy. Let me, let me correct myself, but the ease and flow that you had there. I'm grateful that you carved out this time. I've been looking forward to it, as you know. Um, And I look forward to so many more on and off air conversations with you, Dr. Taryn. Right back at you. Awesome. Lazy overachievers. I mean, I mean, that that's literally all I can say. I am not a woman who fails to have words. And today I have nothing else to say except for thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for holding space for this conversation. Thank you most importantly for taking whatever was for you and using it to create safety, calm, and centeredness for yourself. As always, I just want you to embrace a little bit more of your laziness and trust your inner brilliance a whole lot more. I'm Nikita Renthigpen, and I'll see you on the other side. 